0: I'm Billy the Kid. He's Chavez Chavez. She's Doc. No, wait. He's Dick. I'm Dirty Steve. She's Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. No, that ain't it either. This ain't even a shootout. This is Vikings Report. We're through with Ted.
1: How's it going, Drewster? Ah, fantastic. Episode 52. I'm like a tick on a fat dog today, Ted. a lot to cover tonight. Yeah we do, this is gonna be a good show. Good choice with young guns, because our coaching staff is young guns.
2: (laughs) Shall we tie that together
1: this week? That's kind of why we did it. How are you doing? Dave Rudabaugh? (laughs) If I was any
0: better, I'd be against the law. Whoa, get it? Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh? Well, you do know who I am, don't you? Arkansas Dave Rudabaugh. You know the name?
1: Reap it. How'd it go? <laughs> Reap it. What was the guy's name? Jack Black.
0: Yeah, he's a pretty big character in that movie too. Reap it, Murphy, you son of a bitch. Um, and I think Arkansas Dave was in Young Guns too. I might have
1: mashed. The young guns genre together. One, two, however many they made, all that young gun stuff because the Vikings are young guns going into this season. Yeah, it's
0: quite a youth movement coming on with the Vikings coaches' stats. Other than Ed Donatel, the, the presumed defensive coordinator, everybody's late 30s, early 40s, which is kind of nice to see. Tootses, how are you doing tonight?
2: I'm happy you guys are doing young guns because that is in my top five all time. Is it really? Absolutely, 100%. Seen it at least 20 times. Shot down <laughs> in a place of glory. <laughs> That's really That's Bon
0: Jovi heading your way.
2: Shot down in a place of glory. Take me now, and know the truth. Well, Bon Jovi was my childhood band, so. Oh, there you go. I actually went backstage to Bon Jovi, didn't you? Yes, I did. Wow. I didn't get to meet John, though. You didn't? Why not? Uh, Never mind. I know what John was doing. Yeah. (laughs) I got to meet Sebastian Bach of Skid Row. I was only 12, though, so he was paying a little bit more attention to my extremely hot 30-year-old aunt than me.
0: (laughs) there you go. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I'm not even going to make a joke. I'm not even going down that road. I'm going to stop right there. We got a big show tonight. We got some Vikings news. We're going to talk about a lot of the new coaches. A little quick Super Bowl recap. And this week, this is the week we start our position review. We are going to talk about the quarterback position. If you remember last year, what we did, we, we kind of bunched everything together. We looked at the roster, the players currently on the Vikings. We looked at potential free agents. And Drew is going to start his big board tonight, his, his draft picks, his quarterbacks. Because it's quarterback and Kirk Cousins, we're probably going to have a little longer segment because we're going to talk about all the different potential rumors dealing with Kirk and trades and extensions and all that other kind of stuff. Ed,
1: yeah. I'm cooler than you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Segway that. Oh, you don't. Just do it. Go with it. Ted I'm dumber than you are. <laughs> <laughs> So why don't you fix your little quarterback preview problems and light this candle? He's right. Light this candle. Yes.
2: Resume the countdown.
1: All right. I'm cooler than you are.
0: Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Yes. (laughs) All right. We've got position reviews. We got trivia. We got a big show, but let's get into it. Let's dance. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings are getting themselves a Super Bowl-winning coach. Super excited. Couldn't be more excited about the direction of this organization. Um, the hires that we've made, you know, the the, the different things that um, this coaching staff and organization is doing to try to help us win games you can see um, what ownership wants they want to do what it what it takes to, to put the people the right people in place to help us win championships and um, that's exciting as a player you, you can tell that that they really care about the players uh, they care about the city um, they care about this organization and and uh, we've, we've seen that firsthand this offseason so far and and again, you know, with, with, with all the hiring, it's just really excited about the direction. What'd you think of the Super Bowl, first of all? Did you like it? Good game, bad game, boring
1: games, what? Uh, like? I think it's going to be one of those Super Bowls that are like 10 years everybody will kind of forget about. Example would be, remember the Patriots and Panthers? I forgot they even played, bro. <laughs> you remember that Super Bowl? I, don't I
0: don't do a little anything. bit, yeah. Steve Smith had a couple touchdown casts. I thought they had the Patriots on the ropes for a while. It's been a while, but yeah, I thought they, were, they had a chance. <laughs>
2: Play fake, Ballone pulls it down, looking, looking, gonna go deep, Has his man, wide open. It's Muhammad. Muhammad to the 15, 10, five Touchdown!
1: I don't want to hear any more excuses about Cousins not having the right offensive line because that Burrow got sacked 70 times this year and he's in the Super Bowl. Yeah, he did. Save the excuses. Save it. Yep. I thought it was it was an all right game. I've seen worse, but I've seen better also. I thought the championship games were better.
0: The divisional round was
1: phenomenal. It's good to have a head coach coming over here that just brings the Super Bowl mojo with him, right?
0: right? I was cheering for Cincinnati to win. You know, I just I just like Joe Burrow. The guy just oozes swagger. I love that. But it's nice to have an incoming head coach that knows what it takes to get to and to win a Super Bowl. They talk about Sean McVay calling the plays. And there were some plays in the Super Bowl. I, I thought the Rams just stayed married to the run even more than Clint Kubiak would have in that game.
1: Yeah, that was kind of shocking.
0: But when they decided to unleash the dragon and go after Cooper Cup, they had some creative stuff to get Cooper Cup open and and to move the football. And I thought to myself, man, this offense that I'm watching with Stafford and Cup and Akers and and all those players on the Rams could be a very explosive deal with Kevin O'Connell in Minnesota.
1: Shot
2: down in a blaze of glory.
1: (laughs) I am thinking the same thing, Ted Glover.
0: I mean, when you look at Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, we mentioned that last week. Well, all those guys in this Vikings offense and Kevin O'Connell, the architect of it, now probably calling the plays and, and getting an offensive coordinator, which we'll talk about a staff in a second. It just,
1: I'm excited, man. I'm, I'm kind of getting excited again. How could Justin Jefferson not be watching that and be fired up? He's watching Cooper Cup going, that's me, next you. What about his stats for the season? Cooper Cup, man. Bring it all to Minnesota. We're ready for it. Believe me.
0: It's going to be fun. And, and the staff he's assembling, I kind of like, as of this recording, he has yet to name an offensive coordinator. Well, Kevin O'Connell is expected to bring Rams tight end coach and passing game coordinator Wes Phillips to Minnesota as his offensive coordinator or passing game coordinator. And you may recognize the Phillips name. Do
1: you know why? Because his grandpa was the great Bum Phillips we grew up watching. Yep. Bum was always like all Southern at the the press conferences. He was never serious about anything. And
0: this Phillips is the son of Wade Phillips, very renowned defensive coordinator in the NFL for many years, had had a couple different head coaching stints. At son of Bum on Twitter is his handle. Fantastic. He's got a great Twitter account really too. Bum
1: Phillips, Wade Phillips, and then Wes Phillips now. I mean, Bum Phillips. Remember when he was going to bench Dan? They wanted to bench Dan Pastorini. He says, you got to go to the championship. You got to dance with who brung (laughs) you. We got Curtis Modkins.
0: Looks like it's going to be the running back coach. Happy to report, and this is kind of old news by now, but Tina McCardell is going to stay on the Viking staff. Really likes the only holdover. O-line coach is going to be Chris Cooper, it looks like. Defensive coordinator we mentioned a little bit, Ed Donatel. DeShea Townsend was reported to become the defensive backs coach, but he backed out. That's not going to happen now. Here's a couple hires. Here's a couple names that were kind of underwhelming to me, but I'm going to not condemn them yet. Mike Pettin, former Packers defensive coordinator, is going to be on the defensive staff. He's not going to be the coordinator. And then Ryan Grigson is going to go to the front office. He was, if you remember, the Colts GM for a few years, got fired a couple of years ago. And he is going to work in the front office. He worked with Kwasi Adolfo Mensa, the new Vikings GM at Cleveland. The last couple of years, they have a very good working relationship. So he's going to hire Grigson to work in the front office with him.
1: What do you think about the staff that Kevin O'Connell is building? I think the Grigson in in advisory role is really, really a good move. I mean, he had ran into a lot of bad luck with uh, Indianapolis. But when he got to Indianapolis in 2012, he had the biggest turnaround record-wise in NFL history for a GM. Had a lot to do with getting Andrew Luck, but I like him in an advisory role. I really like what they're doing on the defensive side, Ted. Now, if we look at this in the the big picture of the whole thing, got newbie GM, newbie head coach, newbie pro B offensive coordinator. If it is Wes Phillips, yeah. If if either either or, but he's going to be heavily involved. So yeah, young another young guy. I think O'Connell feels really good about the offense and having a handle on it. Whether he's going to call plays or delegate to the offensive coordinator. I think he's going to probably do it like McVay does formulate a plan with the OC or whoever it's going to be. And then he will maybe be calling the plays. I don't know yet, but look at the defensive side. That's a side he's not used to. That's where he really went after the experience, Ted. Yeah. Donatel 31 years of NFL experience, Petten 20 years, that's 50 plus years of NFL experience on the defensive side of the ball. And I like Patton in the advisory role to Donatel. That's going to work really well together. But I think O'Connell is going extra overboard to try to not do what Zimmer did. Now, I will say this. O'Connell better stay involved on the defensive side of the ball to avoid what Zimmer did. Zimmer ignored it, didn't want to get involved with it, end up busting his balls. It did. Kind of opposite now for O'Connell. But I think it's smart bringing in these guys. Ed Donatel's been coaching football for 42 years, Ted. Yeah, Either yeah. on the college level or the pro level. He could run any defense. And there's a lot of talk about the 3-4, the 4-3, the you know, 3-3-5. What's he going to run? He knows how to run any of them. So just because he's coming in and he ran a 3-4, I think with Denver, doesn't automatically mean we're going to the 3-4. But he has the ability to run any defense. And I think with the advisory role that Petten has – O'Connell is setting up the defense for success. I do. I think Donatel and Patton both
0: have a very extensive 3-4 background. You're right, Donatel could run any defense, but it tells me that the Vikings are going to start to transition to a, a 3-4 offense, and that would also tell me that the Vikings are more committed to a deeper rebuild than more of a retool what Spielman and Zimmer did the last two, three
1: years of, of their tenure here. Probably what they did when they interviewed Donatelle Ted is they came in and said, We want to start transitioning to a 3 4. He looked at the roster and said, This guy, this guy, oh, yeah, I'll either yay or nay, I can or can't do it. Because the roster's been built for a 4 3. It has. And just yeah. to let people know, not to get off into the weeds, we don't want to get into steam breakdown and all that stuff on this show because that'll bore you and make you turn us off. The 4 3 and the 3 4, the basic difference is, four down linemen. You're taking on blocks one-on-one, and you're getting pressure on the quarterback, and you're filtering everything to the three linebackers. The three-four is basically three down linemen, and your job is to eat up blocks so the linebackers can make plays. That's really the only difference, Ted, not to get too far off of the weeds. If you're going to run a three-four, you better damn well better have a good nose tackle, and you better have athletic outside linebackers on both sides. I don't know if we have that right now, that might determine whether Donatel wants to run the 3-4. Because those are two things you've got to have.
0: And last week we talked about the, the coordinators leaving for head coaching jobs at the end of a successful season. We don't think that's going to be much of a problem with the offense because it's going to be Kevin O'Connell's offense. He's the head coach, kind of the de facto play caller. If if you look at what Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor and Sean McVay runs it in L.A., all those guys that have gotten hired from under McVay, you know, Kyle Shanahan, when, when they were all in Washington, Shanahan calls the plays for San Francisco. So I'm kind of expecting O'Connell to call the plays, but have a, a very heavily involved offensive coordinator that does game planning, like you, like you mentioned. With Donatel, he's like 65. I don't think he's going to be in line for a head coaching job at this point in his career. So this is probably his last job in the NFL. And he knows he's going to be the defensive coordinator. He's not going to be looking for a job. So he'll be able to find a guy and start grooming him to be his eventual replacement. And hopefully, sure. it's, hopefully it's not his son, for God's sakes, <laughs> if he has a son. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you had enough of that, Ted? Bring in your son. Bring in Dave Rudabaugh. Bring in your son or or Doc. What was Doc Key for Southern? Doc?
2: Billy!
1: <sighs> 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 Let's finish the game
0: done with the Vikings' nepotism. So in that regard, at least for a couple, three years, that the staff is going to remain largely intact. And and where they start and where they end up, they will all do it together. And you're not going to have offensive coordinators coming every every year or getting fired midseason or defensive coordinators leaving for another gig or being elevated to assistant head coach and putting your kid under there and all that crap that was going on with the Vikings. So I'm actually really encouraged with most of these staff hires By the time we come on air again, the entire staff will be filled out and we can have our final thoughts. But I like what Kevin O'Connell is building and what the future holds out. I mean, I'm legitimately fired up and excited for the Vikings heading into these next few years. I mean, it was just so blah under the old regime. And it's just not that now. There's change and it's exciting. And it's the potential to be really good is there. You can just sort of feel it. So we'll see what happens.
1: Totally. 100% I agree with you. I think what happened with Donatello is you mentioned his age and the places he's coached, his background, the guy's highly respected in the NFL. He can coach anywhere he wants, pretty much. Or not coach at all. I think he likes coming into this situation when Adofu Mensa and probably Kevin O'Connell, together, when they all met together, they told him, it's your deal. You're going to control the defense and do whatever you want. He has nobody looking over his shoulder. It's all up to him. The roster the Vikings
0: have right now is set up for a 4-3. I don't think they've got four good linebackers on the roster right now. I mean, I could be wrong. And you still have the great unknown of last year's draft class with, you know, Chaserat, Patrick Jones, the second, those defensive guys. Camp Bynum played well in spots. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Ed Donatel evaluates this roster and the initial moves they start making when it comes to cutting players and free agency and the draft and all that kind of stuff so good times ahead i think
2: get ready for the war
0: <laughs> i think it's going to be the most eventful offseason for the vikings probably since 2014 mike zimmer's first year when they when they got two first round picks and took Anthony right. bar and then Traded back. You got Teddy Bridgewater at the very, very end of the first round. So that's our take on the coaching staff for right now. More to come as the staff is completely filled out. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, do we need a drum roll? Because we are bringing back the segment that pretty much carried us through the offseason when we started this gig last year 2022 Drew Bunting, big board. And we're going to start with quarterbacks. All right. So, currently on the roster, the Minnesota Vikings have one Kirk Cousins and one Kellen Mond. Let's talk about Kirk because Kirk is going to take up about 80% of the oxygen this offseason until the Vikings decide what they're going to do with them. So, Kirk's got a $45 million cap hit in 2022. It's not tenable if you're the Vikings, it just isn't. Tenable? What's tenable
1: mean again?
2: Untenable. Okay, either a situation or an argument a theory.
1: If they play
0: Kirk at his $45 million cap hit, they are going to have to figure out how to field a team around him with other aging veterans and their big cap numbers. I think they're going to have a hard time fielding a team as competitive as Kevin O'Connell wants. So, trade him or extend him. ich
2: wählen muss? Ich kann nicht wählen. Ich kann nicht wählen
0: here's the thing with Kirk Kirk is one of the few players in NFL history I think that holds all the cards over the team I think the so team too. almost always has the full advantage in these contract negotiations over the player Kirk is the one guy that kind of holds the Vikings over a barrel here he's going to make $45 million next year That's the it's Vikings fully guaranteed
1: fault. I don't hear about people ripping on cousins cousins need to give money back you wouldn't give money back so don't expect him to give money back <laughs> Ted, would you like to make $45 million next
0: year guaranteed? You know what? No, I'm good. Really, what kind of idiot would say that? <laughs> Fans tied into the leadership. He's not a good leader if he doesn't give a bunch of money back. I mean, Kirk Cousins is going to make $45 million next year, whether it's with the Vikings, whether it's split between the Vikings and a team that they might trade him to, or whether he gets traded to a team that could absorb his full cap number. The contract Rick Spielman worked out. Right. It was Rick Spielman that said, you know what? I think it's a good idea to fully guarantee next year's salary right now today, at this time last year, basically.
1: So send your hate mail to him. Well, maybe it is stupid, but it's also dumb.
0: Don't be mad at Kirk for saying, yeah, I'll happily give back millions of dollars. No, you wouldn't.
1: I don't expect him to give money back, and that certainly has nothing to do with leadership. And Kirk
0: has been approached twice to redo his deal. He said, yes, I want to remain a Viking for the rest of my career. But he has also said, I'm not willing to renegotiate right now. And again, if I'm Kirk, I wouldn't either. So now you've got to look if you think that $45 million is untenable. If you're the Vikings, now you have to look at trade partners. Kirk, like I said, is going to make $45 million. If they can't find a trade partner and he doesn't want to extend, then, then yes, the Vikings are going to pay him $45 million. Bucks. Nothing you could do. So now you're looking at a, potentially a trade. Baker Mayfield is a guy that was mentioned because Kwasi Adolfo Mensa was at Cleveland. Browns, as of right now, have $25 million in cap space. Baker's 2022 cap hit is going to be $19 million. A lot of speculation, and I think this is one of the reasons the Vikings hired Quasey, is because he's got this cap background. He's got this economics background. Him and Robert Zinske are going to sit down and try and figure out a way to split his contract because the Vikings will almost certainly have to take a percentage of Kirk's contract on their books for 2022 if they trade him. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G is set to make $27 million in 2022. What? And Jimmy G kind of sucks. Hollywood good looks, get you a big contract. <laughs> <it? laughs> I mean,
1: Remember he's trying to rub up on Aaron Andrews?
0: Yeah, that was pretty funny. And again, the connection there is Kyle Shanahan Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator in Washington with Kirk, loves Kirk, thinks his offense is perfect for Kirk. So that's always a potential room. Do
1: you want Garoppolo here, Ted?
0: Come on. I do not. Drew Locke is a name that's mentioned. He, uh currently quarterback for Denver. He's only on the hook for $2.3 million, and the Broncos have almost $40 million in cap room. So they can almost absorb Kirk's contract full up. He's a younger guy. He is. I think Drew Locke sucks, though. I mean, he couldn't really beat out Teddy Bridgewater, who was average. What does that tell you? Yeah. And here's a team, finally, that nobody really talks about with the Vikings. Okay. But I want to throw the Miami Dolphins out there. They've got $64 million in cap space right now. They got a quarterback in Tua Tagovaiola that that is on his rookie deal, drafted in 2020. They just hired Mike McDaniel as their brand-new head coach. Offensive coordinator under who? That dude that looks like the fly? Yeah, offensive coordinator in San Francisco under who? Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan.
1: I'm not sold on that Tua guy either.
0: He throws a lot more check downs than Kirk does, I think.
1: Two-yard Tua. Come on. We need to air it out a little bit. He's certainly a candidate for the area that you're mentioning, Ted.
0: Is a trade a viable thing for the Vikings? Do do you think they could pull off a trade?
1: I think they could, but I don't think they're going to get the return they want if they're talking like Stafford return. Lions got quite a bit for Stafford. You almost got to get a first-round pick for him. I would
0: think a first-round pick and a starting quarterback would be the minimum. Well, okay, now let's roll this back to the guys that are currently on the roster. We've talked a lot about Kirk. What's Kellen Mond's status?
1: We're going to find out this preseason when he actually gets to play. I do not think, unless that guy has, remember Russell Wilson's preseason when he got the job from Doug Flynn or whatever his name was? Pete Carroll said he's our starter. He's going to have to have an over-the-top preseason to make anything like that happen if Kirk's not here. I mean, that's stretching it. I do not think he's ready to take over a team right now, Ted.
0: Do you think Kellen Mond can be a viable backup in 2022 then?
1: Yes, I think he will be ready to take over the number two spot. So I think we have our backup already here. If, for
0: whatever reason, the Vikings cannot trade Kirk, it's going to be Kirk, Kellen Mond. If they can trade Kirk... And let's just say, for argument's sake, they don't get a quarterback in a trade with Kirk. Kellen Mond isn't your guy They got two options left. One is free agency. You got Cam Newton. You got Tyrod Taylor. Jacoby Brissett, who I don't think is a terrible quarterback. Of course, because he went to Ohio. Come on! That guy sucks! Come on, Ted! He didn't go to Ohio State. Jacoby Brissett, he went to Ohio State!
2: It's false. No way. Not this time. We created it. Not this time. No. Not this time is totally made up pure fiction it's fiction
0: no no that's no that's JT Barrett man got one more name for you
1: okay Teddy Bridgewater no all uh, right no would you take any of those guys as a backup Mariota maybe even Jameis Winston he's not a scrub no he's not who do you like on that list Ted? give me two people that you would accept as a backup or even a starter
0: I would take Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota I would consider I think Tyrod Taylor that's nah, it's not really an
1: overwhelming uh, free agent market. No, it's, it's really not.
0: So if the Vikings trade Kirk and Kelamon isn't your guy and Kevin O'Connell says, I want to get a guy and he's going to be my starter from day one, then you go to the draft. <laughs> Who do you got on your list? Show us your big board.
1: This is the first big board of Drew's 13 positions that he would have a big board for. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> this is the quarterback big board. What do you think, Ted?
0: I like it, I think.
1: It's not going along with the norm that everybody else has as we look at this board. I got Carson Strong first, Willis second, Pickett third, Corral, Ritter, Hall. It's basically two tiers. Top six. Then you have the other guys who are really developmental. <laughs> the other all, all these guys are developmental, Ted. It's, it, this isn't the type of draft that we've had quarterback-wise the last two years. Let's look at the last two years for a second. There was 13 quarterbacks taken in the draft in 2020 four in the first round one in the second and the rest were fourth round and beyond last year there were 10 quarterbacks drafted five in the first round three in rounds two through three one being our, our own Kellen Mond the rest were at the later tail end of the draft that's nine quarterbacks taken in the first round over the last two drafts
0: now this year you've got Carson Strong Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett As your first round guys.
1: I need to kind of clarify this. Pickett's going to be the first quarterback taken. I already know that. The Panthers are taking him at number six. You think so? Yeah. little clue out there. For those of you who do the prop betting on the draft, Drew's giving you that one. The Panthers are taking Kenny Pickett. So he will actually be the first quarterback taken, even though he's not the first on my list. Pickett will be the first one gone. And I think Willis will be second. This draft could either have two first-round guys, Ted, or five if everybody panics. Teams panic about quarterbacks. You know that. They start panicking. Uh-huh. Everybody starts grabbing them to yeah. try to get them in the first. So there could be two. There could be four or five. I'm thinking that there's only going to be a couple, and there's going to be a mad rush on quarterbacks between the second and third rounds. I think the you know, the other guys will go. Maybe Zappy will even go in there. Then the rest are all tail-end guys. I think that's how it's going to play out this year. Pickett goes, and then Willis goes, say, in the top 10.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Teams later, like Pittsburgh, might freak out and say, we got to get one of these other guys, like Ritter or another guy they like. The reason I like Carson Strong, he's my number one quarterback this year. Uh-huh. I like Carson Strong because he's not a runner. He's a prototypical pocket passer, and I think O'Connell wants that. I think O'Connell was big on getting Matt Stafford. He's not a runner. Matt Stafford did pretty well with the Rams, didn't he?
0: Yeah.
1: I think Carson Strong falls into that mold. He's not a runner. Matter of fact, Carson Strong in Nevada in his career rushed for a negative 305 yards, Ted. Did he uh, really? That is not negative 305. That's running backwards quite a bit.
0: That is 305 yards less than I rushed <laughs> in college.
1: So he's not a running quarterback. If you want a runner, it's not him. 4,100 yards, 36 touchdowns, and only eight picks, 70% completion. That guy. If you watch his tape, that dude has a piss missile for an arm, bro. <laughs> full on, full on Howitzer. He throws it all over the field. His only real drawbacks is like he has a tendency to throw off his back foot, and it makes for interceptions, like he did in the Reese's Bowl. Yeah, the Reese's Bowl, he threw that terrible interception. Everybody went, "Oh, geez. He didn't have a good Senior Bowl, at the Reese's. He terrible game. But you're not gonna judge Carson Strong in that one game. Very strong arm. Much like Josh Allen type arm. Is he more accurate than than Josh Allen? He does have a few accuracy problems on the mid-range game, but overall, his accuracy is not a problem. Okay. His accuracy actually hurts him on the deep ball more than it does on the short to intermediate, I should say. Only played 32 college games. You have to kind of wonder about that. But he was in that air raid offense. Yeah. Causes you to think real fast. Chuck and Duck. My main thing I look at for quarterbacks is how fast can they process information uh-huh. and how accurate are they? Because if you can't process stuff fast enough in college, you aren't going to do it in the pros. You're not. Yeah. He's still got a lot of work to do. A lot of – he can be coached up. I like Carson Strong.
0: What do you like about Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett? Because P- Kenny Pickett right now is my favorite
1: quarterback. We could put Malik Willis pretty much in a nutshell, Ted. He's your poor man's Kyler Murray. I got him at number two because he's the biggest playmaker quarterback-wise in this whole draft. If You watch the tape, look at anything on Malik Willis. That guy is Kyler Murray without the quarterback skills. Runs all over the field. You like, you know, Lamar Jackson. You like Russell Wilson from four years ago. If you're getting Malik Willis, though, Ted, you're going to build a team around him. He's not going to come in. You're going to throw him into a system. He's a one-system guy. The thing I don't like about Malik Willis, even though I got him at number two, he tends to take off and run even when he has a clean pocket. Oh, okay. And I don't, I don't like that. I mean, I think you should only run when you're in trouble. Right. And you got to show that you can stand in the pocket and throw. And that's stuff like Ritter has and certainly Pickett and even Matt Corral. But Willis, you need a guy that's going to extend plays. He, you could round all these guys up and they still, wouldn't, they still wouldn't equal what kind of playmaking ability the guy has. He ran for 878 yards and 13 touchdowns in 2021. That's ridiculous. Six foot 220. He's not going to start this year. He's another guy that's going to have to work on. Pickett, your boy Pickett from Pitt. Probably the closest to be an NFL starter ready that I see And He's 24 years old, Ted. He's no rookie. He redshirted and was hurt or something, wasn't he? What was his deal? I don't know. With college, you can play like seven years now. I don't get yeah. the rules. I don't know the rules. That guy, the Tanner Morgan guy, he got to Minnesota in like 2004, and he's still the quarterback <laughs> there. So I think the rules suck. But it's 42 touchdowns and only seven interceptions. Plus, he's good with his feet. He can get out of trouble using his legs. Another thing I noticed about Pickett? I saw him at the the Reese's Senior Bowl. He's not going to do anything real flashy, but he's not going to make any mistakes. He's that mainstream guy. Like this year's Mac Jones, if you will.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, I'd say Mac Jones is probably more of a pure passer and can maneuver guys better with his eyes. Okay. I, think, I think he's a little bit further along, Matt Jones. But yeah, right along the lines of that, Pickett isn't going to ruin the game for you. But it doesn't seem like he's going to throw up four or five touchdowns either. He's kind of like Kirk Cousins.
0: Matt Coral is a guy, the, the old Miss quarterback. He's the guy I'm, I'm kind of interested in because, like, oh, on yeah. the first series or very early in the Sugar Bowl, I, I believe it was. Got hurt. Uh, he got hurt and missed the rest of the game. And people thought that might affect his draft stock, is that? Is that anything you're hearing or, or is he healthy and why do you have him down kind of as a second or third round guy?
1: I have heard that and actually Corral could maybe sneak into the end of the first round because he also has something a lot of these other guys don't and that's the gunslinger mentality. Okay, Matt Corral, big problem in 2020, Ted, was his turnovers and he worked on that at Ole Miss last year. In 2021, he had 20 touchdowns and only five interceptions while still throwing for 67%. Very accurate in the short to intermediate routes. Probably the most accurate quarterback in this draft. But also the guy that's not scared to do anything. That guy's full on, got the gunslinger mentality going on.
0: Do, do you see him possibly sneaking into the end of the first round if there's a, if there's a run on quarterbacks?
1: I, I do. I think he's going to go around the, the middle of the second round. But there is a chance that a team might take him that really, a team that wanted a quarterback in the first. People do have questions about his durability. He does need work. He needs to be coached up. But I like Matt Corral. When the season ended, I saw a couple of his games and I thought, you know, that's somebody the Vikings could work with. Is there a mid round guy? You've got a couple big names out there. You got Jack
0: Cohn, you got Desmond Ritter, he's your fifth guy. You got Derek King from Miami. The U, any late round project guy you think might long-term work out or kind of establish himself as a
1: super backup? My sleepers, my two that I picked out are Skylar Thompson from Kansas State. I love that guy. 45 games, very experienced. His numbers weren't all that impressive. 12 TDs with seven interceptions, but he threw for 70%. Great pocket awareness, Skylar Thompson. And he didn't have really very good wide receivers to work with. Not at all. Not a very good offense really to work with, but he needs a lot of coaching. He's not a running threat, so he's more of a pocket guy. Then my last guy, Caleb Ellaby. Full-on velocity, Ted. Velocity Raptor, when that guy throws it. Very strong arm. I like Caleb Ellaby. He's number eight on my list. You can get him in maybe, if he drops to the fifth or something, or the sixth even, he would be a project guy I would look at. Got a strong arm. He's got really good fundamentals. And like I said, they're all project guys. I think if they're keeping Cousins, they're not going to even draft a quarterback. The, The quarterback I want and what I think they should do is wait till next year. Get your boy, C.J. Stroud, or get Sam Hartman, my number one quarterback from Wake Forest. I would wait and take one of those guys next year.
0: One last question. What do you think of that Bailey Zappi kid from West Kentucky? I saw him play in the Bahamas Bowl,
1: and he was chucking it all over the field. Dude, you know what I like about that guy besides the gunslinger attitude? 16,000 yards and what, 142 touchdowns or something? 16,000 yards. Insane number. You know what I like about him? He has the best touch out of all these quarterbacks I looked at. He is a touch passer. He can run out of the pocket, guys chasing him, and he lofts a perfect touch pass that's like 20 yards ahead of the receiver and the receiver catches up to it. It's crazy the touch that guy, the anticipation and the touch he has on the ball. It's out of this world, but I don't know if he has the arm strength to make all the rest of the throws that these guys can make. But he has an amazing accuracy and touch pass, that guy. He is crazy to watch.
0: we am going to put you on the spot here before we end our quarterback draft position. The Vikings are on the board at 12. For whatever reason, just, just for the sake of argument, Kevin O'Connell is going to pick a quarterback. And let's just say Carson Strong, Malik Willis, and Kenny Pickett are all on the board. And you have to pick one of those three guys. Which one are you going to pick?
1: Carson Strong. Carson Strong? I think he has the most potential in the long term. Still a development to begin with, but I think even with O'Connell, I think he would work well with, with Carson Strong. I do. Like, a lot of people look at Carson Strong and say, well, he's not, he can't run. He's not mobile. Well, look at the guys that were just in the Super Bowl. They weren't running around a lot
0: either. No. Neither Burr or Stafford are running quarterbacks, but they have pocket awareness and can move in the pocket and keep a play open until somebody breaks up. They can avoid the rush. And, and climb the pocket and buy themselves some time. All right, that'll wrap it up for quarterbacks. We will take a commercial break and come right back with trivia and wrap up the show.
2: They came to a town called Buffalo. Terzin,
0: Snuggaroo, Mogildi from the Sabres, Tasker, Williams, Gardner from the Bills. They got together for a showdown, a photo shoot, you say. Now they're Buffalo's young guns. You can have them too. You see, these dudes
2: came together to help our kids escape the drugs. So mosey on down to any top friendly market. There are only three buckaroos, and our Buffalo Young Guns are brought to you by
0: Pepsi and Channel 2.
2: All right, welcome to Toots' Trivia. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Good, Toots's. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. What's so funny, Drew? I'm just
1: wondering about mechanical congruency.
2: Okay, so today we're going to play Password. And since we're on the subject of quarterbacks, you guys are going to try to get each other to name previous Vikings draft quarterbacks. Oh, boy. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. You have two minutes to get Ted to say these seven names. Go. Uh, last coach, just got
1: fired. What was his first name? The Vikings. Mike. Okay, it's 1961. Last name is the guy who made Family Guy. Seth? uh, Rogan? No, Seth uh... (laughs) Oh, McFarlane. Mike McFarlane. Okay, that's correct. That's one. Second guy is Dante Culpepper. Meow, meow! Third guy is Bloomington. The great... Fran Tarkington. Yes, yes! The next one is uh January, February, March, April, May. That's his last name. And the first name is Rhymes with Bad. <laughs> Brad May. Brad May. No, he went to Kansas State. We'll come know. back to that. Okay. Um, next guy won the Heisman Trophy was a scrub with the Vikings. Gino Toretta. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> next guy, quarterback in the Mud Bowl. Took over for Fran, the Mud Bowl. Played for Bob Bobley. Yes! Next guy. Uh, first name is. Well, last name is the guy that was in Big, the, the actor. Tom Hanks? Yeah, shortened it. Hank. H- Hank? Not in daughter. <laughs> Hank. Son in law? <laughs> That's Hank's good. Son- Hankinson. Hankinson. 1965. Hankinson. First name is Belushi. Same first name. John. John. Um, that's it. That's it. Um, that's it. That's all mine. Wow. You got them all. Oh, wait. The May uh the May was Chad May. Chad May. Oh, okay. This guy they took from Kansas State told us he was going to be the next Fran Tarkin in. Didn't even Dorm. make it through preseason.
0: Don't even remember him.
2: All right, Ted, you're up. You have two minutes starting now.
0: Let's hear it. Uh, quarterback from Florida State. Uh, 98. 18, Brad Brad there you go. Um, this guy, 15th round pick in 1968. His last name is the same as a famous brand of underwear, not Fruit of the Loom. Uh,
1: his, uh, Frank, or er, not Quazzo? Uh, no. Uh, his first name Bob Barry. No, Barry
0: is not underwear. Uh, Pat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pickies. Let, let's see. All right, know. this guy. This guy was uh, probably most famous as the 49ers backup for uh, behind Joe Montana. Steve Bono. The there you go. Um, this guy, his 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 first name is the same as the guy you just named, and his last name is like a pickle. It's a type of pickle. Steve Dills. There you go. Uh- <laughs> Pride of Stanford. Um, okay, this guy was 11th round pick, 1987. Ooh. Never made the Vikings. Played three replacement games for the Houston Oilers, though. And he was the very first quarterback selected for the World League of World League of American Football, Oliver, huh? Oliver, no. Um, God, these are these are difficult. Um, Man, I don't know that one. All right, let's go back to this guy. Fifteenth round pick, nineteen sixty-eight. Underwear, yeah. Rhymes with Blaine's. Haynes. There you go. His first name is the same first name as the Browns running back, Great Brown. Jim
1: Haynes. There you go. (laughs) Tell us the last one now. 1987 wasn't. Oh man, who was quarterback in '87?
0: Um, okay, so Todd bauman No, man. <laughs> Give me his college. Uh, I don't not have <laughs> <write> right it <laughs> All right, this guy went to Yale. Backed up Joe capp in 1970 in New England.
1: This guy went to Yale. Backed up. Jokes. Same,
0: um, s- very similar last name to a, uh, the Angels catcher back in the 70s. Got tried Brian Downing.
2: A- it's, yes, there you go, Dowling. We'll call that good. <laughs> I went full phone booth Twitch on you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for playing. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks,
0: Chances. Thank you, Toonses. All right, so that uh, that pretty much wraps up our show. Got the quarterbacks knocked out. And I think we're we're excited with the incoming staff for the guys who have been named so far and not as excited us all support we're getting from, from you guys. It's awesome. Uh, thanks to Toonses for, for doing the production that makes us look not stupid, which is a damn near impossible task. Drew, thanks for being a great co-host, being a good friend and doing a great show with me. I really love it.
1: Buddy, take us home. 52, episode 52. Thank you, Ted. Best host in the business here at Vikings Report. The show would not flow without you and the great production that Toonsis does. I am just a lackey, but you know what? I don't mind being a lackey. I'm along for the ride, brother. <laughs> We're having a great time doing the show. We like to take questions. We, like to do, we do this show for you. Whatever you want to hear. If you have ideas you want to throw out there for a segment or something, we'll be covering all this draft stuff. We are going live for the first two days of the draft. And I heard today, little birdie told me in my ear that next month, when free agency starts, we're actually going to input a live show then. Ted, can verify? Yeah. Thank you for being here tonight for episode 52. Love the young guns. Love the coaching moves the Vikings are making. And this is a great offseason. Certainly a lot different than last year, Ted. Yeah. I'm looking forward to doing all these draft researches with you, man, and finding out who the Vikings are going to get. Tooncers, again, thanks for the production. Thank you all for viewing in. And say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted.
2: Yeah, it's just like a butterfly. A butterfly flies to a flower, stays with her. Doesn't know why, just feels it. Oh, yeah. She's... She's my flower. But I'm her. Did you, you, you guys see something? Chicken? No, I'm a Wow, this is great. This is great. it through the goddamn bill!